Periodontal disease is just an infection in the support structures around the tooth. So perio means around, dental is tooth. So your teeth actually are not bound to the bone. There is a ligament that attaches, and then there's gums that cover all of that. And when there gets to be an infection in that ligament, it starts to eat away that ligament, and the bone follows that. So it's an inflammatory, nonlinear disease. Disease is dramatic because people don't like that word, but that's essentially what's happening. It's just slow. And, and also, I would add that it's actually your own body that's mm-hmm. eating away your bones. It's, I always tell patients that it's like an autoimmune disease. Yes. Your body is attacking your bone around your teeth, and your body is it's out of balance. And it is an autoimmune type of condition. You don't have bacteria that are eating away the bone. It's no. your own body eating away the bone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Your Mouth Matters. And I'm here with Dr. T and our incredible hygienist, Sarah. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Great. We're great. Thanks for having us. Yes. I'm so pumped to have you here because today we're talking about a topic that's super near and dear to my heart because it's something I've personally dealt with, and that's periodontal disease. And I know we have a lot of cool things to get into on this, but I just want to start this podcast off with, with just telling you a real short personal story. I have been going to see the same dentist for 10 years, and it was what blew my mind because I just had a cleaning recently was in that 10 years, I've just watched, and they've watched my dental health decline and they, they, they watched me go through having gum disease, periodontal disease, and they sent me off to a specialist. And that specialist did this crazy surgery in my bloom. I, I had no idea what I was getting into. Came out and I had, they took out gum tissue. My teeth had all these spacings in that I'd never had before. And then come to find out after spending some time with Dr. T that all of that most likely could have been avoided really PO'd me. Maybe. 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 I mean, you guys weren't there. We can't say. (laughs) But but, I wasn't there. But but the point was, I didn't even know there were a host of treatments available to me Mm pre-surgery that we should have explored and tried. And so I want to get into periodontal disease, obviously why it's important, what it is, what causes it, who who it impacts. Was this because I wasn't some slob who wasn't brushing my teeth or flossing. I was like obsessed with my dental care. Yeah. And it still happened to me. And I, I still don't even exactly know how. And and is it better? Are they like... Yeah, oh, the period... I have... Is, so I have some... You know, other yeah, spots I can, I can talk about this because I am <laughs> the patient. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I you know I have some deep pockets that they continue to get in there and try to clean okay. periodically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to see a perio specialist for a while. And they would, again, do... They would... They would the SRP, I think, yeah. is what we would yep. consider Scaling it. Yeah, and root planing. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. so that's what they've been doing to maintain it. And okay. it seems like it's been doing okay. I do I do think that that's how we've been treating dental di- dental disease like periodontal is very slowly. Well, let, that's, let's come back in 6 months and see. Oh, there's a little bleeding here. Just floss a little bit more. Yeah. Brush a little better, maybe switch your toothpaste and then all of a sudden 10 years have passed and it's wait. We didn't intervene when we could have because it's very easy to intervene at the beginning. It's hard to reverse it at the end and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a, as simple as identifying a vitamin D deficiency. Or there's something off in the systemic body or, or just something going on with the microbiome in the mouth. There can be really simple, easy fixes too where people are like, oh my gosh, this is, this is life-changing to my gum. This is so simple. So we definitely should be ruling those things out first, first. I think, yeah. before surgery. There is, there is definitely a time and place for surgery, but I, we do see a lot of patients that that surgical approach is often thrown at them as a first line Mm-hmm. And there's much more effective and more minimally invasive ways to treat periodontal disease. And the other thing is that we really have to focus on the root cause as to why the disease is there in the first place. Because if we don't fix that, 
then you're going to have surgery. And then in another couple of years, oh, now there's another deep pocket over here. And oh, now this tooth and now this tooth. And it's just this domino effect. And oh, now you need surgery again. Oh, and that tooth is fine now, but this one now needs work. Really, we have to figure out how we we mm-hmm. I, we treat, but also identify the cause and treat the cause. And it's interesting because that conversation never happened. Like, it still has it, it. It just so now it's like you don't know what you don't know, or, right. or or until you have a new perspective or a new framework on a particular topic, you you just think this is how it is and this is how it's always going to be. It, it's very similar, I would say, for people who had gone to see maybe a conventional doctor for most of their life and then discovered, oh, there's these naturopaths or this other field of medicine where people spend a lot of time with you, ask a bunch of questions, and want to understand why disease is happening, not just band-aid it or, or yes. apply a treatment to a symptom. Right. So how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Because their, their pay structure is not set up to get paid right. on treating the symptom. And, and I'm not smashing or degrading any, any conventional dentists or doctors that I appreciate what they do. I just think people need to understand and know that there's, peop- there's other practitioners in that space who ask different questions. Right. And you get different results. It's digging a little deeper, kind of going upstream. It's like harder. That- I don't know if you're familiar with Peter Atia, but he's a, a physician and he, he uses the analogy of like eggs being thrown and he's down at the, with a basket trying to catch all these eggs and he can't. They're just they're just dropping and breaking, but he's doing what he can. And and he said one day he just woke up and realized, we got to go figure out who's throwing the eggs. Like, why are the totally. eggs coming down to begin with? And it's that kind of model of treatment. Like, is there deficiency? Because that's really common. Mm-hmm. Are you a hyper responder? Does your immune response overreact to the bacteria in your mouth? Yeah. Is that why it's responding? Yeah, totally. Because otherwise you're just wasting your energy at flossing more or, and not that flossing is not important. Home care is huge, but. But I always tell patients, like, a we, weren't, we weren't born with floss and a toothbrush <laughs> no. when we came out. We weren't like, oh, here's my toothbrush, I, right? Yeah. So like we invented <laughs> toothbrushes. I just read the this... entire culture still don't brush their teeth. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. just read this fascinating article <laughs> and it was, it had these, it had these actual Neanderthal teeth. Yes. And it was taking taken to a show. Look at these Neanderthal teeth. These are an incredible condition. Right. Yes. The teeth had almost no decay. And they were like it was from an adult yeah. aged it's Neanderthal. Yeah. yeah, they were like teeth didn't just the body does the teeth aren't supposed they don't just decay. You don't just get gum disease. No. Like all of this is a a process and a, a result of the modernization and the, the change in our, our lifestyle and our diet and our current modern environment. That's that's what's causing 100%. it. Yes. Without question. And boop, period, at the end of the sentence. And done with podcast. Yeah, podcast, yeah. mic drop. Podcast podcast <laughs> um, Figured it out. Yeah, so here we are. We've, we're modern humans. We find ourselves in non-Neanderthal times. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. great stuff for that. Because you know what? The, the, we, we, even with gum disease and teeth decay, we live a lot longer than the Neanderthals on average, right? Yeah. And the AI singularity is upon us. So who knows? In the next 10 years, maybe we'll just live forever. That could happen. We don't yeah. know. We don't know. We don't we know. Could. But it's exciting times we live in. So we have to deal with it and we have to get educated and we have to empower ourselves. And that's really the core message of our podcast today is what you need to know to empower yourself when it comes to your gum health. Because as the name of the podcast says, your mouth matters. Boom, tie in with the podcast title. (laughs) So let's talk about the, if we, if we kind of got, kind of got passionate about this, but if we take a step back and say, fundamentally, what, what is, what is gum disease? Is is it, what we describe it as a imbalance in, in mouth, in your mouth biome where we have bad bacteria, overwhelming good bacteria? Is it that kind of scenario? Is it something else? How, what, what is basically the foundation of gum disease? Periodontal disease is just an infection in the support structures around the tooth. So perio means around, dontal is tooth. 
So your teeth actually are not bound to the bone. There is a ligament that attaches, and then there's gums that cover all of that. And when there gets to be an infection in that ligament, it starts to eat away that ligament, and the bone follows that. So it's an inflammatory, nonlinear disease. Disease is dramatic because people don't like that word, but that's essentially what's happening. It's just slow. And also I would add that it's actually your own body that's mm -hmm. eating away your bones. It's I always tell patients that it's like an autoimmune disease. Yes. Um, your body is attacking your bone around your teeth and your body is it's out of balance and it is an autoimmune type of condition. You don't have bacteria that are eating away the bone. It's nope. your own body eating away the bone. They're responding to the They're bacteria and that whole process destroys the bone. Yes. What eventually happens is the tooth becomes loose and falls out. That's the end stage disease. Yeah. But that bacteria doesn't stay there and that immune response doesn't end. It just continues, causes inflammation generally in your body. Yeah. And a lot of those bad bacteria, when you get pockets around the, the gums that are deeper, those bacteria, they can go deep under the gums and hide. And it's impossible to, if you brush, if you floss, even if you water pick, you might, you're not going to be able to reach those bacteria underneath those gum pockets. And so what happens is that those bacteria just thrive and they keep making more bacteria babies and creating more toxicity. Um, and then your, your body continues to react to that and your own body in its reaction starts to eat away the bone. And I think that that process is like what you were saying with your experience, that process can be slowed down mm -hmm. with surgeries and scaling root planing and flossing and all of that. But it really we really have to change our model of thinking because it is more of an autoimmune condition and we have to empower the body and give the body what it needs so that it can heal. And that's what we do at Green City Dental. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what? So when we first see it, typically if you are just a person, where are you going to start to see the signs of gum mm -hmm. disease at home? Because I think maybe it's one of those things, that especially if you're off your regular care cycle mm -hmm. or maybe you're going to a conventional dentist and, and they have less of a strong reaction to these types of things or they're not doing the types of testing that I want to talk about uh, because at Green City, we, we use the microscope a lot. Mm -hmm. And until getting to Green City, I have never seen a microscope mm -hmm. or heard a microscope or discussed microscopes or slides in any dental experience I've ever had in my mm -hmm. life, right? So it's very different. <laughs> so if you were at home and what, what would you start to notice? The first thing I notice is bleeding when you brush or floss. Bleeding, you really shouldn't have bleeding ever in your mouth. Okay, and so if that's the standards that's changed. Okay. Yeah. So if you're noticing bleeding with brushing, flossing, you have already started to have disease. Now, the first stage of periodontal disease is gingivitis. So that's inflammation of the gum tissue. And the difference between gingivitis and periodontal disease is gingivitis, you don't have bone loss yet. So that autoimmune part hasn't happened where the bone is being eaten away. So it is reversible very easily. A lot of times it's a home care and a vitamin, just eval. Check your vitamins. Are you deficient in anything? So that's the start, start of where you want to treat it. So if you're trying to get bleeding, go tell your clinician, your hygienist, your doctor, your dentist, say, my gums are bleeding when I floss. I tell my patients, if your hands were bleeding when you wash them, would you be concerned? Yeah. You put lotion definitely. on your face. You put lotion on your face and blood starts pull, pulling out of your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Something's wrong. Every time you exfoliate, yeah. you're totally. like, oh, my, yeah. my skin is bleeding. Yeah. yeah. Not normal. I went to an, a CE once and she said, your gums should bleed as often as your eyeballs. 
<laughs> I like that. It's a little dramatic, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Generally, blood is bad, right? In situations yeah. like that when it's outside the body. And so we should think of it that that's not normal. It's not normal. It's common, but it is not normal. Yeah. And I would say also, if you notice if you notice recession yourselves, mm-hmm. if you start to see that your teeth are looking a little bit longer or you start to see like that there is that you're starting to see like where the enamel and the root surface form, like you can start to see your roots. That would be another kind of indicator of, oh, I have some bone loss that's been happening because not everybody has this crazy inflammation and bleeding with periodontal disease. So there's two kinds. Like one is where there's a lot of inflammation. There's a lot of bleeding. It's very obvious. Mm -hmm. And then there's another classification of patient where there's just more this bone loss and In that case, it really is more about your host response. It's more about like your body's hypersensitive to whatever's going on in your mouth. Your body is really, really reacting. Um, I I always tell patients kind of like if if I get a mosquito bite, when I get mosquito bites personally, they welt up, they swell, they're really itchy. It takes weeks for them to go away. My body does not like mosquito bites. But if my husband gets a mosquito bite, it's this tiny little dot. It barely itches. He doesn't even know he got bit. And it's really annoying. It's the same in our mouth. Like sometimes it's one little bacteria in this person's mouth is going to cause this explosion autoimmune reaction. And in other people, they can they can have a swimming pool full of these bad bacteria and their bodies, whatever, don't care that you're here. So there's those two kinds of patients that we see. So recession, yes. even if you don't have bleeding, if you see if you see that your gums are going down, you start to see spaces between the teeth. You start to see that your teeth are looking a little bit longer. That's another sign that you could have some active periodontal disease happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think the traditional wisdom would be, and what I was told when I started to notice that, was that I was brought, maybe I was brushing too hard or I needed to change my toothbrush. Mm -hmm. You hear that one a lot. Yeah, or that I was using a rotary Oral-B style and I needed to switch to a Sonicare (laughs) because the rotary Oral-B was too abrasive. Yeah. My understanding about that is that you can't brush with your gums unless there's an acid component, which is a factor, right? Are you sucking on lemons and then brushing your teeth? That could cause some damage. But I I just don't know if I agree that a toothbrush is causing periodontal disease. <laughs> yeah. I think you can definitely overdo it. We see this with flossing. Some people are just really aggressive flossers. They go down and they like literally saw their teeth and you or see these wrap little- around the tooth. They like, see these little notches. That way. <laughs> you do, you can damage your teeth with toothbrush and you can damage your teeth with with floss but i don't think that that is the main cause and it's usually not generalized when you see that too it's a couple teeth maybe that are out of the arch or yeah yes but when you notice more systemically oh i'm I'm starting to see a little bit more roots or maybe more sensitivity will you start to increase could sensitivity to like hots and colds with recession and yeah yeah. So those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. tenderness, bleeding, if you're starting to notice some recession in your gum line, those are all signs Mm -hmm. that you have something going on Mm -hmm. and we need to figure it out. So you said, so that's interesting that it could be bacteria. It could be that you have an imbalance, but it could be something else. Mm -hmm. Could be to your point, just how your body is reacting to whatever that particular kind of environment is in your mouth based on your diet Mm -hmm. and your lifestyle and maybe like stress and all kinds of other things could mm-hmm. potentially factor into yeah. that disease it's, state. It's like osteoporosis, but very similar in the mouth. Yeah, very right. similar. And so that's another that. thing too, because we all also think that, oh, as we get older, like osteoporosis is normal, it happens, but that's actually not. not the case. And osteoporosis is also reversible, which is very, which is very cool too. So it's all about bone health. It's all about, it's all about building, giving the body what it needs to build back the bone. 
and and then identifying like what your body needs so that it can do that and it can heal. Yeah, I think it's also interesting how much emphasis we put on nutrition and mm-hmm. in, in, in some of the micronutrients specifically yes. around mm-hmm. vitamins. So when it comes to some of the nutrient deficiencies that are the biggest contributors, I'm sure there's some standouts. What would what vitamin would we say? D. Vitamin D. Vitamin D is huge because vitamin D controls calcium phosphate levels and our bone is calcium phosphate and amongst other things. But when you don't have enough vitamin D, it leaches the calcium from your bones and your jaw is a bone. So you get a host of issues with your calcium, phosphate, vitamin D. The other thing it causes is that it, vitamin D is an immune steroid hormone. That's probably not the right term for it, but I'm making that up. Let's go with it. <laughs> but it affects your immune response. So your, your body actually, your cells will respond and be triggered by vitamin D to respond to that bacteria. So if you don't have enough vitamin D, that bacteria, is, they're having a heyday. And it makes those joints that attach the gums to the ligament in your in your teeth there, down where the bone is, it makes it all inflamed and like bloody and happy for that bacteria. Those bacteria don't like oxygen. And so they create their little environment down there. Vitamin D, it makes it more hospitable to them. They like to be down there more. So vitamin D number one, what else do so we B, see? B12 is probably B12 a big is one too. huge. Yeah, for the gum health. Helps with wound healing, and that's basically what's happening under the gum is a, a cut. It's a very simple way to look at it, but it's severed tissue, inflamed tissue that needs to re- reattach. So vitamin B12, and B12 is such an easy one to add. You can't you can't overdose on it. You just your body will just pee out what it is if it's extra. Mm-hmm. Magnesium, else? I'd say magnesium is probably the other big one that we look at because magnesium is also linked back to that. Bone health, calcium mm-hmm. balance, and and that one we also like to test for. And a lot of people need more magnesium mm-hmm. just in general. And that's another one that's hard to hard to overdo that too. Right. Your body will tell you when you Your over, body will tell overdose. you. <laughs> Your body will definitely tell you. But magnesium is so great for a lot of things. Sleep, oh, uh, regularity when it comes to like bowel movements and all that stuff, muscle contraction, all that. Yeah. So definitely. So we would say top three then. So top three recommendations. And that's why when we're assessing and, and looking at creating a treatment plan when somebody comes into our clinic, we'll oftentimes we'll have them go get blood work done to see mm-hmm. where, where are their levels on these particular yes. nutrients and others. And then oftentimes we're saying almost all the time, right? We're saying, all right, great. We need vitamin D. Yeah. We need to get your Bs up and we need more magnesium. Yeah. yeah like we, we look for more things, but those three tend to be the ones that stand out the biggest in periodontal, yeah. with our periodontal patients. It's like what, without even testing, we can say, without generally speaking, generally. <laughs> especially here in the Northwest, Pacific yeah. Northwest, it seems like everybody is vitamin D deficient. Yeah. And we don't, I don't blame that just on the, the cloudiness, but that's part of it. But for, it does seem it's prevalent here for whatever right. reason. Yeah. Our diets are not fantastic. Like not just our diets, but like our food source. We don't have a ton of nutrient dense foods in our typical diets. So you have to be very intentional about what you're eating. And- yeah. And even if, you, even if you're eating a perfect diet, the way that we've farmed and mm-hmm. the nutrients that are actually in our food now are right. not the same as they were before. Right. And we also need to live our lives too. Yeah. You can't live in a box <laughs> where you just don't eat anything. We have to live our lives. That's also part of health mm-hmm. and just feeling good about your life. If you put yourself on this crazy strict diet and then you're going to go insane. You won't be able to do anything social. Mm-hmm. You can't go out. So I think there's always this balance, which is right. where supplementation can come in and be really helpful because- you don't, you don't necessarily have to eat perfect. Now that we have supplementation and more modern medicine, we can 
ensure that we're getting those mm-hmm. nutrients without eating bundles and bundles of kale and juicing Yeah, every you can't morning, basically right? eat yourself into a micronutrient surplus. It's almost impossible. It's It'll hard. be your, your only existence. Yeah, it would be yeah. to eat vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's like really, labs all the time. Yeah. There's really simple <laughs> things you can do to help your diet, cut out processed foods and avoid grains and all sorts of things mm-hmm. like that, which are just like basic, basic guidelines right. that we give. We also... We also need to live our lives and not be too strict on our patients because we have to make sure that what we're asking people to do is something that they will do because then that's when they will heal and be successful. Right. So maybe a simple, simple way to start is if you're not taking that multivitamin, get a high quality multivitamin and get that vitamin D in. My plug would be something like a cod liver oil, super high quality cod liver oil because you get some vitamin D in that. So it's Mm -hmm. bioavailable. I have a brand I love called On Target Living. Their cod liver oil is amazing. It's flash frozen from Alaska. It has it's not processed, so it has all these pro resolving mediators, and it's, it tastes like lemon. No fishiness. It's super good. <laughs> oh, I got to try that. No, I'll, I got I'll, a whole you, way to take cod liver oil, and oh, it is no, you need to try this. It is a special. <laughs> this is the best cod liver oil I have figured out. <laughs> no, you could give this to kids. You give this to anybody on the like on the street. Wow, okay, they'd be I like, what? Oh, this is so good. Oh my god, it. I have to do my. D drops, it's your way. I'm gonna yes. send it yeah. to you guys. D drops, do a couple. Oh, no. Take your your life is gonna change. Oh. Okay, okay, so okay, if the I only thing wait. you get out of this podcast <laughs> do a, is let's your do a cod liver oil tasting next yeah, time. Yeah, okay. I would totally. I, I would have known. I would have brought it with. I have it at home. I take it every day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, so so there's there's a recommendation there. So we if you come in and we we assess, okay, there is a periodontal disease situation. There's active disease going on. Yeah. So one of the things we're gonna do is we're gonna go through our process, and it's a pretty detailed process. We're not going to go through every, every, every detail of it, but some high level stuff is we're going to go through and we got to test, right? We're going to find out what's going on with your unique biology. What's going on right. with your blood chemistry? Where are you at? Yep. And then we're going to do some other things from there as well. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about next, some of the evalu- evaluation steps, just real, you know, run through, you come in, there's disease, yeah. active state. What are you going to do then, Sarah? Yeah. So a patient says, usually they're coming from Dr. Taylor, from another physician. They're saying, I have bone loss. I've always had bone loss. I've always had issues with my gums. So they sit down in my chair. And the first thing I say, are you seeing a naturopath or functional medicine doctor? They oftentimes say no. So I say, let's get you set up with one. We really want to be a cohesive type of treatment because it isn't just a one path thing. We want to set them up for health for life, right? So they're going to get set up they're going to get their labs pulled, just like we spoke. So the vitamin D, the vitamin C, B12, magnesium, we're going to check A1C. So we're going to check blood glucose. We're going to check C-reactive protein, which is a sign of stress on their cardiovascular system. And we're going to look for thyroid function. So those are the main, honestly, they're very topical. Most issue, most doctors don't have issues pulling any of these labs because they're pretty typical ones to do. And we're going to look for like signs of metabolic disease. Metabolic disease is a huge contributor perio. So say where vitamins are right in a low in a line, we get their labs back and their vitamin D looks great. Their C is good. They've got a great diet. They're low stress, but they're insulin resistant and they have high blood pressure. That is already showing me signs that they have inflammation in their body. My guess is they're going to be a hyper responder. So what that means is that they have genes that are more responsive to whatever's going on in their mouth. So this is where our protocol really differs from a lot of offices. If I see those signs, which honestly, most of my patients are pre-diabetic when I get their A1C. 6.2 means you have diabetes. 6.2 to 5.2 is pre-diabetic range. So a lot of my patients are sitting in that 3 or 5.4, 5.6 range, and they are on metformin, or their doctor says exercise and eat a cleaner diet. But that's not what we want to treat. We're like, why are you having high insulin resistance. This isn't a good sign. It's wear on your body. 
a lot of times what we find is that there's a local factor in their mouth that's causing that inflammation response. So what we do is when I see those signs, we do a procedure called, we're going to use a periscope, basically. It's a microscope that's one millimeter around, and it's like a little probe that you slide down into the pocket, and you can actually visualize the root. Nine times out of 10, I see tartar buildup deep down in those pockets. And what's happening is that tartar is allowing the bacteria to create like a little hotel in there, and they're going wild. And it's just causing so much strain on the immune response. And so when you remove that tartar, the body has ability to heal. Are these the spirochytes? Are those spirochytes? In the, they that- can be the spirochetes. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see parasites in there, or you see amoebas, you'll see all sorts of things. You can't see that with the microscope. It's only 50 times. But you could pretty much assume. One thing we do to test a little deeper than the microscope is we'll do salivary diagnostics on these patients before we treat them. And they just spit into a little saline solution we send off to the lab, and it'll give us a specific breakdown of the most pathogenic bacteria. I do that for two reasons. One, it gives us an ability to see where we start. What did you have before we started? And then it gives us an ability to retest after to see how successful we were. If we don't test, we don't know if what we're doing is working. So we really do want to test before we treat. So we'll do the salivary diagnostics. That company also tests for genetic abnormalities. Now, you are never a victim to your genes, but it affects how your body responds. So it's really powerful to know. So what we'll do is we, we test for their hyper-responsiveness to inflammatory mediators. So that's like the IL-1, IL-6, 8, TNF-alpha. These are all like little um, particles, if you will, that make that host response more inflammatory. So if a patient has high bacteria and high immune response, that's the cause of their periodontal disease. So they could be the best brusher and flosser in the world, and they could have a great diet, but we're not going to get anywhere until we address those local factors. The other thing we want to do is modify how their body responds. So that's that kind of practice of epigenetics, which is a buzzword nowadays. But one way we can do that, lots of ways we can do that, is affect how their body, how they live their life, basically. So that's where I'll ask questions like, how's your stress level? Nine times out of 10, I'm really stressed. I homeschool my kids. I work a full-time job and my husband and I are struggling. There's always, there's always stress in people's lives. So we talk about ways to modify stress. Are you exercising? No, I hate working out. Okay, let's find something that works for you. Do you meditate? Do you do cold therapy? Are you a cold plunger? Do you use the sauna? Do you, there's all these ways we can affect lifestyle that cause that immune response to reduce. So it's very multifactorial. We look at lots of different things. I'll also obviously review their medical history. Are you taking medications? Do you have a history of heart disease in your family? That's a huge factor. Um, any? Have you had surgeries in the past? Sometimes when you've had surgeries in the past, you could be more responsive. Because again, your root, surf, your root cause wasn't treated. So imagine you're super inflamed. Then we do a surgery, cut the gums. You get a more inflate, inflamed host, basically. So and I it- would... Sorry. Go ahead. And I would just add on to that a lot of times, so with your traditional methods, we, a lot of times, so the, the idea is that if there's buildup on the root surface, that the gum tissue can't mm. stick and heal to the tooth. Okay. And so it happens, it's like having a rock in your shoe. You have a rock under your gums, that gum tissue can't heal. So when you have SRP or your traditional, even osseous surgery, The reason why they do surgery is so that they can flap the gums back so they can see Mm -hmm. and they can get all of the buildup off, right? Because then the gums, they can flap the gums back and then the gums will heal. 
when you go in and have a deep cleaning or SRP, that's what the hygienist is doing too. They're getting you numb and they're going under the gums. But you have to remember that this is a blind technique. Mm -hmm. The hygienist is going to go under the gums and they're just feeling. If you've had cleanings year after year after year, a lot of that calculus has been burnished into the tooth. And that's what Sarah will find. A lot of these patients, yes. they come in, they've had cleanings every three or four months for 10 years. They've been so good, but they continue to have disease. So once we rule out the systemic factors and we rule out all of the other host modulation stuff and what your immune system is doing, we then take the camera under the gums. It's a tiny, tiny camera. So there's no cutting. There's no trauma to this already inflamed tissue. We take a camera underneath the gums and she can see. So it's kind it's of like, so what, would you ever have a surgery? <laughs> would you ever have a surgery done? inside your body where they're not cutting you open, they're, but they're blindly going into an artery or something without a camera. No, you would never do that, right? We have Our physicians and our, our practitioners need to be able to see what they're doing. So that's exactly what the camera does. When we remove that buildup, it removes the home of the bacteria that's causing this host response and inflammation, and then the tissue can heal. Mm -hmm. And we also use a protein. After we've completely cleaned everything, we put a protein down there that helps the gum stick better to the surface. And then it also promotes bone regeneration and bone growth. Yes. So we, we have clinically, I would say it's not just about deficiencies. It's not just about how the host is responding, but the problem with our traditional method now is that we're not able to remove, we're not able to remove this buildup under the gums and studies show that even if you, even if you clean the teeth for seven hours and you have the best practitioner and they've done a ton of this and they've been in dentistry for 30 plus years, if you have them do this, they are still leaving up to 40% of buildup underneath the teeth because they can't see. The the perioscope, which what what Sarah uses for this treatment, that allows us to see and it also can show her like if there's decay underneath the root surface too. So we can catch yeah. things really, really early. And a lot of dentists, again, if you can't see underneath the root, you don't, if you can't see under the gums, you don't know what's happening under there. So it's not only helping with removing the buildup, but it also helps identify if crowns are leaking. And we can see and treat mm -hmm. that early, which means that you're going, if we can be more minimally invasive, then that means that you're going to be more likely to be able to save your teeth long term. Absolutely. It also will highlight, sometimes I'll go in and I won't see tartar, but I'll see root surface that's thickened up, like hypercementosis, it's called. And that tells me there's airway or bite issues, and that can cause periodontal disease. How your teeth fit together affect how the bone and gums heal around, but it really teaches you everything. To do it without the perioscope, you're just missing most of the information. Yeah. Now, in the perioscope rep represents, and, and this is all part of our signature Perio 3P3 program, and so the perioscope rep represents really our most advanced and highest level of treatment, but we don't always start with the perioscope, correct? Yeah. Like sometimes, because we want to ramp into that, right? So typically, we'll start at our baseline, depending on the severity of the issue. There, there, there might be some times where a person is clear based on the initial testing we do that there's something going on. We might recommend getting into the perioscope sooner rather than later, mm -hmm. but oftentimes, it's, it's our most precise and most powerful tool that right. we can deploy in correcting the condition. Yes. We don't always start there, though. So no, if you... I would say the, the Perio 3 protocol and using the perioscope is a alternative or we would use it when patients are told they need periodontal surgery. They're told there's so much bone loss around this tooth that it's hopeless. It needs to be extracted. So we, we do see a lot of patients where 
they've been told that they need many teeth extracted. And with our protocol, we're able to actually regenerate and build bone back around these teeth, which is amazing. So that's, those are, we use the periscope when we, and we use that protocol when, when patients are looking at surgery, losing teeth, and to be honest, they've tried all sorts of other things and they haven't worked. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's when we would really bust out that, that, that periscope. But if we have somebody that comes in that has gingivitis, inflammation, they starting to get some deeper pockets, maybe they have some fives or sixes, then we may try a, a, not as a, aggressive of an approach. Yeah, we would try to the, the periscope is not aggressive. No, it's, it's just a tiny tedious. camera, but it's, it's very tedious. Very it takes tedious. a long time. Yeah, we're running labs. We're doing all sorts of other things to look at. It's, we're looking it's at it's the an whole investment picture. of resources yes. and for both patient yes. and clinic. It's yes. it's a it's not a fifteen minute thing. It's yes, a, it's a multi hour thing, and there's right. prep that has to go involved. But I do yes. hope there's a day where every hygienist has a periscope and they can whip it out and put it under the gun whenever there's any kind of question of what's going on in here. Because it should be that accessible yeah. of treatment. Actually, you should tell the story about the ortho cement. Oh, this is a great one. The first case I ever did was a patient who had been seen at our office every three months, really healthy guy, slight pre-diabetic. He's like a 5.4 A1C, but it was a really only, oh, and then high blood pressure. He was like 135, 140s. But health history, otherwise very clean, healthy guy. Chronic bone loss, lots of recession everywhere. And then five millimeter pockets on all of his molars that just wouldn't heal. With that, let's, I'll treat them. And you've so, been in our office for seeing our, our hygienist, our regular, hygiene program. Regular. Regularly. Never missed a cleaning. Never missed one. Yeah. Did all this, the stuff. But to just the not getting in, better, right? Kind of like talking to you about your experience. Should we, we keep watching this? Do we this? watch it? Do we do something? What do we do something? What do we do? And so, so finally we said, okay, we need to do something. So I put the scope in and at the base of the pocket, there's a ring of white orthodontic cement from braces as a teenager. So I remove it comes right off. It took some elbow grease, but it comes off. And then there's a 14 millimeter pocket underneath all the way to the base of the tooth. So I prepped it all. Obviously, there's lots of bleeding and infection down underneath that ortho cement because he hadn't been cleaning it for 40 years. <laughs> How could he? And cleaned it all up, put in that protein, and it is now a stable three millimeter pocket. No bleeding. Yeah. That's but amazing. this is the kind of thing where you would, you would have you, never known. And the other thing that's crazy too is that when you do periodontal probing, so periodontal probing is like, that is not a very it's accurate very way to, it's very It's archaic. a metal stick. It's a metal stick, right? <laughs> but, but when they were probing, they kept hitting, instead of going to the base of the pocket, they were hitting the orthodontic cement. So they, the, the hygienist just thought, oh, it's a five millimeter pocket. That's not that deep. We'll just As keep on watching. start to think about treating. Is that the five? Four is a red flag. Five, well, we should do something. Yeah. Six is, this is bone loss. We yeah. Gotta get so it. that's a five. I don't know. Should we, should we do something? Yeah. And then and it, everything and, else checked out. But it just, he's such a healthy guy. And it's, we just can't. And in our office, we just are like, okay, this isn't healing. This is bothering us. Let's go deeper. So that's when we pulled out the scope. And it's crazy because that pocket was 14 millimeters deep. And I think there was even pus and there was pus Tons. and bleeding. And, and this, what I we mean, call granuloma tissue, this looks like hamburger meat down. That tissue is so inflamed. But what's wild is he's now one year post-op treatment. And even on the x-rays, it wasn't really obvious bone loss around the tooth. But he's one year and he no longer has pre-diabetes, but diabetic A1C. He is 4.8 and nothing else changed. It's amazing. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So is that, was that infection causing his blood sugar to not be able to stabilize because the level of infection? I think so. But that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. 
The other thing I see a lot is pockets that won't heal. And I take the scope in and I'll actually see a ledge of calculus. And it's because the years of scaling, they've created this ledge. And it's not even necessarily burnished. A lot of times I do see burnished, but I'll see this ledge. And if I push the tissue out and then go a little bit deeper, I'll realize, oh, that's what they thought was the base of the pocket, was that ledge of calculus. So you got to remove it. And then there's always a deeper pocket underneath. But once you remove the local factor of calculus or orthocement, it heals. Yeah. And then we treat it. Your body wants to heal. Your body wants to heal. Yeah, and then we help it heal. along. It's like with... taking out a splinter. The yeah. splinter will not heal and take till you get it out, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's gotta, exactly like you've that. You've got to take the splinter out. But you would never find it if you didn't have a scope. And Yeah. 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 So we we really like the periscope. A big fan. Uh, big big fans over here. And it's too bad that more dentist more of dentistry doesn't use it because like she said, every hygienist should be able to pop it in and and look at the areas, but it's just not a technology that's really commonly used, unfortunately. That's what you come see us for. So if you're listening to this and if you touch any of this or walk away with anything and you're you know and you're thinking Man, I, I need to find out more. You've knocked on every door and nothing is healing. There's a reason. Yeah. It's not normal. It's not normal. Yeah. Your mouth matters. And it's not Your hopeless. health matters. <laughs> it's not hopeless. There's, we need somebody who's asking better questions, mm-hmm. who's going deeper, physically, actually, in mm-hmm. our case, going mm-hmm. deeper and looking more deeply into the, the issue and knowing the types of tests and the whole protocol. We have a whole system. It's our Perio 3 program around this. And it produces incredible, incredible results very consistently. So this isn't something where it's maybe there's a one in 10 chance we can help you. It's no, it's, it's. Even if I take the scope in and I don't find anything, which actually has never happened that I don't find something, but say I go in and there's just hardly any buildup. What that tells me is it's not a local factor issue. That tells me there's something systemic that's really inflaming this. So that's more host response, right? Mm-hmm. So you still learn even if you don't find something with the scope. Yeah, that's that would, the power of the scope. It well, like leads the whole procedure. Yeah, absolutely. So that would close certain avenues It closes off, avenues, exactly. And that would allow us then to go deeper with perhaps their naturopath and mm-hmm. do some other testing that would say, okay, the, there's something else going on right. from an inflammation standpoint and from an autoimmune response standpoint where your body's attacking itself. Mm-hmm. We have to find it. Yes. And then we can we can pursue that. So yes. it's it's always a win when you're in that situation and we're, we're utilizing the, the Perio 3 process to really get in there and see and i think what's so awesome about our perio 3 protocol is that we have the knowledge of looking at the big picture and so if we go in and with our microscope and or our scope and we don't see anything we still know what to do Mm -hmm. because a lot of times in dentistry it's if oh if my scaling root plane didn't work then sorry i don't know periodontist yeah i don't (laughs) know like maybe brush your teeth better i don't know like we don't have we a lot of most of dentistry doesn't have options when that first line of treatment doesn't work. But at our office, we have Lots. a lot of knowledge about this topic and we are able to guide patients. And that's what makes it so awesome mm-hmm. at Green City Dental. Yeah, we don't want to leave any stones unturned. That's really the, the idea behind it is don't, don't skip over anything. It's not normal to do that. Because generally we live in a society where things are as fast and as, as like, mm-hmm. it's like the minimum viable amount of care possible right. to move somebody through the system. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's just not what we believe. It's not how we operate. Not it's all. not yeah. what we do. And, and the other thing is like insurance companies, they will not cover the microscope. They don't, no. they won't, they won't cover it. And I don't know why, but it's, if you just are stuck in what my insurance will cover, that's not actually going to make you healthy. 
you don't want to put your health in the hands of the insurance providers. Just think about this money for a second. Off of you stay they, ill. Yes, <laughs> but just for a minute, think about that. Yeah, it's like they the, make money when you have no treatment. Don't put your hand, <laughs> health in the hands of the insurance. It's the absolute worst decision you made. Yeah, do not. You have to be CEO of your right. own health. You have to be. Absolutely. You have to empower yourself right, w- right. with information, and that's what we're here to do on the podcast. So thank you guys for going deep with us today, and thanks to all our listeners to following along. We're really excited to share these types of topics so you can make informed decisions that can have a radical transformation, not just on your dental health, but on your whole health. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being here and thank you both for sharing and we'll catch you on the next episode.